Thank you, love, and welcome to Medicine Caller Podcast. I want to invite you another layer deeper into the temple. We have a Patreon, and I would love for you to check it out. There are layers of support and nourishment for people calling medicine and for people restoring the temple, people healing together. I would love for you to come support this podcast and be supported in even more ways. To all my Patreon members, thank you. We are in this together. I appreciate you. I'm grateful. We'll talk soon. Consider yourself invited. Check it out, and I invite you to join. Let's get on with the show. Intimate, wise, and healing conversations with the people who are carrying us through this time of true transformation and complete rebirth. Welcome to Medicine Caller, where visionaries share the real, the raw, the good, and the holy. I am your host, Sophia Wise One. Let's journey. Hi, love, and welcome back to Medicine Caller. I'm your host. They call me Sophia Wiseman. It's a pleasure to have you joining me today. We are here. We are doubling down the dosage. We are on weekly podcast release. We are doing lives on Facebook. We are pumping out uh, the visionary, I'm going to say it, the visionary field to get us where we want to go. We are in the middle of a time of uh, great upheaval, and there's so much potential in that space. And so I am here with you to be feeding and nourishing the potential in this moment. And I have an incredibly deep presence, a magical human that I'm very excited to get to know and share with you today. And uh, I'm just going to give her a little introduction, and then we're just going to jump right in. Mercia Cummings is a licensed professional counselor and co-owner of Illumin LLC, a mental health practice in Southern Maryland. Mrs. Cummings is charismatic and passionate. Her charismatic and passionate approach is strongly influenced with indigenous culture, a member of the Piscataway Kanoi, and Buddhist faith. She is able to use creative and culturally based approach to encourage her clients. Mrs. Cummings is licensed in Maryland, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. Yes, we've got friends providing face-to-face and telemental health to engage her clients. Mercia, welcome. Hey, and Chewy has joined us. Chewy, welcome. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Chewy, we're tangled. Here we go. <laughs> so I want to know... It's, I'm just going to kind of jump right in here with you. Which, oh my gosh, look at this love fest. Thank you. Thank you. Um, where are you turning right now for yourself to find like stability, comfort, clarity, nourishment kind of in, in the landscape that we're in right now in your life? Where are you turning to feed yourself? You know, inside and out. And I would, and I'm saying both because first of all, I've always already working. I've always been focused very much on my inside, meditating, checking, checking in on myself because I work with so many different people. You know, I come across these different energies. I've got to make sure I'm present, how I'm feeling, even how I'm being impacted because it's very easy for me to be burned out in this work. Yeah. And so, and now outside of me, because of course now we're so insular, we're, kind of in these silos, we, now it's even working, how do I connect with people outside of my work, not just being a therapist. So like tonight I'm hosting a, um, I called it a chat and wine or checking in wine. So we can drink wine and just, so anyone that can register. And it's not a therapy session. It's just like, I'm talking all day as a therapist, right? You know, I own podcasts. I'm doing that. But I was like, I need to talk to some people right now. Right. Not therapeutic. And so 
just doing that and even looking at other ways to connect. So I even starting to kind of sit down and think of offering online meditation and things like that. So that way I'm still connecting with people, but I'm also taking time to look within and say, okay, how am I feeling? Where am I at? What did I do good at today? What do I need more of tomorrow? And you know, what's going on? What's what's going on in the mind, body, and mm-hmm. that's a big part of my m- mental health for myself and what I try to teach my clients. Yeah, you spoke of something that that like kind of really rings true for me, which is the the need and the requirement to be doing this kind of centering and clearing and getting focused on what are my needs and how do I need to be fed all the time anyway, right? Like that that's like a, that's, that's a way of being that is, is required and necessary to kind of keep, to keep us a stable self. And so it's really a, I've been talking about changing mediums or the different kind of style of stage. I'm staying, um, here and I did an episode with a uh, singer-songwriter David Wilcox is a is a friend old friend of mine and so I'm I'm here staying with them and and we were talking about you know like him like so many other artists all his shows got canceled and so this you know this for this period of time and so that notion of am I going to do live broadcasts am I going to go online am I going to do these things and we started to have this conversation of it just is that it's a different stage right like you do and I think this is you know and I'd be curious to know so. I'm jumping ahead of myself right now. Okay, so it's a different stage, right? Well, so the way that yeah, we'll just we'll just jump around um, the uh, the way that it kind of you like call space or facilitate an experience when it's a little tiny coffee shop, right? Like you're in a corner stage and you're making music and it's an instrument. It's different than when you're on like a big stage with all these people. I had this epiphany the other day doing a live where I was like, oh, like lives are like. Uh, they're like a party. Like, you know what I mean? Because I was getting really thrown off by the way that people will like come in and come out. And I was like, but there's like some people that stay the whole time. And I was like, I was having a really hard time tracking it. And I shifted gears to be like, oh, like Mercy and I are like, are, are having a conversation and we're like near the, where people get drinks and snacks. Right. And we're like going to go deep in this conversation. And a couple people are going to join that conversation. And a lot of people are going to like stop by and like listen in for a second and like say hi and like stop by for a second and like ask a question or like do a thing. But like, we're just going to like kind of hang out and get in a zone, you know? And I feel like once I dropped into that, I'm like kind of trying to like look that perspective and just be like, all oh, right. So like have that kind of space of letting that so much of the energy pass by and let what is happening like be real. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that was not what I expected to come out of my mouth. Sums it up perfectly that, like you said, it's, it's our own little corner of the world and people are dropping in or even interrupting, putting an arm across us to get their drink. And, right. But we, talking we're just like oh there's our like chewy jumped in got his kisses and hugs and then was like okay i'm out i'm done i got what i needed and now he's just staring at me <laughs> and if we need some more love he'll come back <laughs> right oh that's so nice are you um do you is it just you and chewy do you have do you have family you've got you know, kids partner I have um my daughter sky who's 20 and she's upstairs adjusting to being inside, of mm-hmm. course. And my husband, uh, we've been together, wow, 23 years. Mm-hmm. And married 13 years this summer. And he is currently at work. He's actually doing his reenlistment, his last, his very last one. I was supposed to be there, but of course, I can't be there now. So I asked him to send me a picture because I wanted to be there for the last one. So that's what he's doing, his last reenlistment with the Air Force. Wow. Everybody just where they got to be right now. It's like it's really that notion of like, you, do you need to be somewhere? Like that's a lot. It's a lot of the conversations, the decisions that we're having with ourselves. that clarity. I think that's also a really powerful thing that's happening right now is the inspiration or the summoning or the requirement to um, be present. Yeah. So, for instance, I've gone online with a lot of clients, but I also have clients that, first of all, Online isn't, I don't want to say appropriate for them, but it's not beneficial for them. So I am still seeing some clients in my office and some people are like, oh, why are you doing that? But I don't want to just abandon them, especially in this time. So I'm being present with them there, just like my clients that are opting for online, I'm being present with them there. 
now it's the logistics because now I got to move everyone around. So like today I have all my online clients, but all my clients that want to come in the office, I've moved them to tomorrow because otherwise my internet in my office sucks. <laughs> and so I was like, I was going to be home to do the online and rush to see the people in the office. And I said, you know, that's a lot. So let me just do everyone now. And then Thursday, everyone that wants to come in can come in. What do you, when, when you're, are you, are you, I guess I'll start here. Are you meditating? Is your perspective? Okay. I'll I'm going to start, I'm going to start with an I statement. Okay. okay. And then I, I want to hear what your experience is with this. So kind of in my past, like my whole life, but in my past 20 years professionally, I've kind of been honed more and more to recognize that if I want to serve the collective in my meditation spaces, in my healing spaces, the most potent and powerful place I can do that, where I have the most control is really in my own practice. Like I have the most impact here. Like when I shift here, that, that shifts the world in the most, that's where I have the most control, the most influence. So that's where I need to like focus and, and do that work. And then from that place, collaborating or supporting other people to do the same thing, right? To help them like do their own, like nobody can do someone else's inner work. Like we all have right. to do our own and we can help each other do our own, right? In this time right now, I've been having a very interesting, I've been kind of been looping through different perspectives of how we serve, how I serve the collective. It's kind of similar to what you were just talking about of just being like how you're caring for yourself. And it's like that place of how I'm caring for myself and how I'm caring for the collective. And that's both of the inner and the outer, right? right. So in my meditation practice, I feel like for me, I'm showing up with such a fervor and such a passion to connect and transmute my Hmm. I've really been doing a lot of heart healing and a lot of unification, a lot of like, how do I heal my heart and how do I become unified in myself? Not so, not so splintered, you know? And so that's like what I'm focusing here. And then when I'm going kind of out and when I'm like out in that relating space, I'm looking to, how do I support, I guess that's, I guess it's the same thing. I guess that's exactly what I'm saying, right? It's like, I'm looking for how do, how do I support us being in our heart and being unified? I'm really, I don't know, say some stuff. <laughs> so no, I get what you, I understand. So I go within a lot because like you say, at first I've got to be present with my clients, but if I'm all in my head or too much in my heart or too much in my ego, I'm not present with my clients. So I have to check in with myself to make sure I'm present. Because if I feel kind of off, I actually will cancel for that day because I don't want to go in and I'm kind of just like, you know, they're there, but I'm over here. Like uh-huh. I'm looking at them, but my brain is over there. So, and I definitely am big on when I come in that I speak from a loving place and that I'm offering unconditional love. Mm. Well, very heart centered. And so I definitely check in with those places because I work with people with trauma too. That takes a lot of energy. And that's why it is so important for me to take care of myself and check in with myself. So that way I can take care of them. It is their journey. It is their healing, but it is also my responsibility to be fully and authentically present with them. But I have to be that with me first before I can offer it to them. All right. Yes. Yes. Are you seeing themes with your clients right now? I know um, that for me often, even even without a unified situation on the outside, I often can kind of see the collective working through a thing with my clients, yeah. you know? And so I'm wondering what, what themes are you seeing us working through right now? What themes are coming up? I think I've noticed in the past, I actually was going to say six months, but I, I would actually say a year are um, women with mother issues. The motherless child, even if the mother was physically present, not being emotionally present. Mm-hmm. That's been a theme. I picked that. It's been on and off for years, and but I've definitely seen this last year. And, but I also understand that that was my karma because I had to do my own work with, with regards to my own mother energy. And and the energy that was provided by my mother or not provided by her. And so having done that work, I think it's only right that those wounded children would come to me 
and be able to find ways to find peace with that mother. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. And, and understanding that they can heal and that they don't have to hold on to that anger and they can heal on their own as well as their own, the mothering that they're doing for their own children. Mm. Mm-hmm. I've had huge mother healing this year for sure. I, I mean, mother healing is kind of one of my, definitely one of my themes. I think in the, I'm trained in doing pelvic floor work and so womb work and blood witch, like menstrual, it's like very, that womb energy is huge. And one of the things that was really radical and really like a lineage shift that was both really kind of painful and a little scary and very beautiful was for me, being able to see my mother, like my birth mother, this human mother, and say, she was never meant to give me everything. Right. That was never, she is a human. She's a right. human. So she was never meant to give me everything. I, as a child of the universe, am meant to receive everything right? I'm meant to receive all that unconditional love, all that availability, all that anticipation and care and patience and presence, right? Like I, my longing for that is appropriate and holy and right, right? Right. And my direction of that being directed towards one human is, is not peacemaking for anyone, even though I think especially in our culture, socialize people who are taking the role of mothering, no matter their gender, if they're taking on that role, are led to believe that they are supposed to be capable of being that unlimited cosmic divine mother source, you know? And also recognizing, like you said, that mothering, no matter who's giving it, that everyone does not have that energy just because they are placed in that role. Does that mean that they have that capability or want that capability mm. or that space too? And that's one of the things I found a big empathy for my own mother because I realized that was just not a space she wanted to be in. And you know what? That was her journey. Yeah. Journey, on the other hand, was to grow in my mothering mothering energy. And because I was surrounded by some amazing women who provided that nurturing and, 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 and yeah, my, you know, I'm looking, I'm thinking of my, my grandmother's blood or not blood. Uh, even some of my dad's ex-girlfriends and you know, I have a dear aunt and just so many feminine, so much feminine energy that always enter my life that nurtured and provided and nurturing. I can't say I went without. And that's where, when I can really honor that blessing of that divine feminine energy, I can't complain. It's such a healing of our, of our, I'm just going to say it. It's of our colonial, you know, wounding um, to deny the richness of the community, right? Mm -hmm. To say that that is wealth, to say that that is enough, that that is full, that that is appropriate, that that's right, that that's well, you know, to, to trust that and to turn that and, and to, to let, to let myself be full by that. I think there's a lot of mother wounding, that's around that somehow I'm betraying my um, my mother if I find satisfying mothering elsewhere. Right. Right. That somehow that's that that's a denial or an abandonment or or a rejection, which is mm-hmm. the I, I for me personally, I found that to be the opposite, that the more I'm open to receiving that mothering and I'm appreciative of it, then I'm appreciative of it from my mother, right? Who has it when she has it. And, and I have a mother who is a large amount of mothering. She's also chronically ill. And so her ability to, to express and to participate in that mothering was compromised. You know, she was like, she couldn't, (laughs) you know, when she could, she did. And when she couldn't, she couldn't. And so, but I, you know, that, that permission to feel fed and nourished in, in that way. And I've done a lot for me. I've been really nourished by, going, going kind of straight to that source, right? Mm. Great, straight to the, to the great mother source, like the earth mother, the great mother, like the, the multiple wombs and, and basking. I had a really powerful healing session in the summer in which I was guided with a practitioner, Sama Morningstar did a session with me and 
I had the process of, of being bathed in the, the great mother's ambionic fluid. This like, like being bathed in hormones that were just, you know, this energy, the hormones, like having this kind of bio field experience of what would it be like to be nourished by this unlimited source, right? Right. Straight, straight in. Um, And I've been using that, you know, I've gone back to that over, that was in the summer. And I go back to that periodically to connect back in to, to, again, to feed that part that says like, I, I want more, I need more. Just being like, okay, like you get it, you know? And I, I talk about going to the, going to the, not going to a dry well when you're thirsty. Right. Right. Um, what are some of the things that you find are like, like specifically someone, you know, right now, I think people, a lot of people are being touched into that. Some of the loneliness that can come up comfort. I know for me, that's been one of the things that I've been looking for is like in my own personal life before this has come, I really, uh, was really looking at, I've just been in a very rapid growth movement for myself. Just a lot of, and I think a lot of people have been through this, just like, just shedding, just like bulldozing through like realities and identities and like, who was I yesterday? I don't know. Like, you know, just kind of like barreling through this. And, and in that, in that raw, massive change movement, it's, um, it's like, where do we find our comfort? How do we comfort ourselves? Where do you find our comfort? What do you, what do you have to say for someone who's looking for comfort in the midst of change or unknown? My biggest thing is we have to give ourselves grace and gentleness. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we want it. First of all, healing is ugly. <laughs> say it. Talk about it. Right. We want healing to be, you know, hair blowing in the wind. And, and I've actually talked about this in a group session I was doing yesterday um, with some firefighters. We want hair blowing in the wind, the sun coming out, rainbows showing up over your head. And you're just like in this yoga pose. That's, can I cuss? Oh, yeah. That's bullshit. That ain't, <laughs> that is bullshit. Healing is ass kicking, foot way up your ass, toes oh. tipping your throat, ugly Kim Kardashian snot bubble cry. Like, that is genuine healing. So, first of all, we got to understand healing is not this beautiful sunset moment. It is thunderstorms and lightning, mm-hmm. but there is calm after that storm. Mm-hmm. And then, so we've got to give ourselves that grace and gentleness to get there. And as we go through that, it is really, we have to acknowledge both our ugly and our beauty and and the ugly of others and even their beauty. And as we're doing this and processing it, whether it's on our own or hopefully with a healer, with a therapist, with whomever it needs to be with, as you're processing this, it's. Right, I even say you got to journal it. You've got to release it. You got to get it out because it's energy that's just sitting in you. And so as you're journaling it, you're pulling it out of you, and you start to make sense of it. Because first of all, you realize how much bullshit of other people you carry, mm. and, and then you got <laughs> shit right. And then after you're able to do that, you continue to move forward, and you you realize what you need to let go of. Like here's your bullshit back. It's not mine. I don't want it. Mm. All right, here's my bullshit. I don't want all of it, but I got to acknowledge it. I've got to honor it. I've got to sit with it and decide which pieces of it I have to let go because there's no light without dark. Yeah. And we recognize that, you know, we can't be all namaste and happy go lucky 24 seven. It's impossible. So when I'm in my yuck, I honor it because I'm like, okay, what's the message? What am I, what do I have to learn? And once I was able to really honor that yuck, I found more light. And so where I always say I was a fake optimist before. Uh-huh. Before meditation, all that was a big thing now. I was doing it when it wasn't. People thought I was just crazy. Like, you're you're chanting. You're right, right. You're chanting. You're doing what? You're playing with crystals? Is that the devil? I'm like, um, I've never seen the devil in my crystal. Right. But I mean, I, I have an ex. I'll ask. Hey, crystal. Like, right. But, um, but I wanted to fix me. I, I didn't want to do the work. Yeah. And but once I did the work, uh-huh. selling became more meaningful the crystals became more meaningful the energy work became more meaningful because it was in addition to my healing it wasn't me trying to look at it to heal without me dealing with what needed to be dealt with yeah what's so, a go ahead oh no, i was gonna ahead. say no matter what what path we take in our healing you got to do the work whether it's in my in the therapy office if it's energy work if it's um 
going to a shaman, how any kind of healer, you still have to put the work, the work in for any of it to work. Any of us healers to be effective, the individual has to put the work in. Mm. Yes. You know, one of the things I sometimes talk about, uh, is cause when I do, when I, when I do pelvic floor intensives, I sometimes refer to it as tripping face off your body for three days. Like we just go into ceremony and use your own medicine, like take your own, literally take your own medicine, right? Like go into in a deep ceremony and literally accessing these deep wells. Uh, and all the research on psychedelics and transforming our lives or healing or enlightenment that I've come across. Now there may be more, but that I, that I've come across talk about how the trip isn't necessarily the thing that does it. It's the integration of that. It's like you have an experience, but then how do you apply that experience? Like you can keep having these like, you know, wild experiences, but if you're not applying what you saw and integrating that into your life, then you're not going to see the the results. And one of the things that I've been talking about and thinking about a lot for myself in this past year has been, (laughs) if I want to have different results, I have to make different choices. Right. And it's oh, so you made me so, think of my, go ahead. my charity. Actually, I got to pull her Instagram up. So charity has done ayahuasca. She's taken the medicine and you're right. So many people can, they'll do it, but they forget you've got to do something with the medicine. You can't just take it and then just sit there like, okay, I did it. I, I've gotten this information. Right. We have to do something with it. And knowing my cousin, like, she, wow, Charity has grown tremendously. She's in Orlando and she, she is now doing sound healing. She's a Reiki master. Like 10 years ago, I would have never thought that would have been Charity. But just to see her go through this thing, this transformation. And, and I know it's because of the medicine she's taken and, and it, because it enlightened her to herself and her impact on other people. Yes. Yeah. And so, and now she's offering this healing in her home. And she actually, I think, I know, and I think, I know she wants to move to California and she sees this and literally everything this, this woman, this beautiful spirit has envisioned has come to fruition because she's put that much into that medicine. So it's kind of like when we talk about faith without action, well, I guess religious people wouldn't say, but faith without action is BS. You you can I I'm Buddhist I can chant forever but if I'm not putting any action behind it I'm just breathing, right? And so it's same with med if I take medicine but I'm not talking love into my my healing into my then medicine can't be as as effective. Right. It's just like I tell my clients when they want to lose weight you can't talk ugly to yourself and expect to lose weight you've got to you know love that role love that extra weight but and I tell people now talk to, I talk to my son I'm like look girl I love you but I'm not expecting you to be flat I'm 43 but can we get some smoothness going on and people crack up but I now instead of looking at my stomach like oh now I'm like girl we, we've gotten smoother right or when I go to think something oh my hair's getting on my nerves it's humid outside so it's gonna take now I'm like you know what I love your hair you got a head full of hair I appreciate these curls I got all the ancestors in my hair that's right we have to talk lovingly, not just to our internal, but our external. I love our toes, my long toes, and I got to love my long legs. And mm. so, but yeah, all of it still requires action. I can't just say I want change and then sit there <clears throat> like, what, what are you waiting for? I'm waiting for change to happen. I got action there. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been having a very interesting experience around the definition of action because vibration is movement right Mm -hmm. and being a state of being is my understanding is is action right Right. and so this interplay of but then it's like it's not but right and so it's like that idea of like chant 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 and then there's a there's a non-participation that i think that has to do with inaction that's very different than like say i like chant 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 i get into this vibrational state and then Literally, there you can be actively. Oh my gosh, I love this Snookums. I just love, I just love him. Um, you can get into a state and consciously amplify that. That that's that's action, right? Like that that's that that that's still action, right? Um, Even with meditating and just sitting still, 
It's action because you're doing something with your mind, body, and spirit. You're connecting to it. Right. But then even after that, what am I going to do with this right. information? Right. At am some I- point, you like stand up and you like go to the bathroom and go to the kitchen. And maybe sometimes in our lives, we leave the house and, you know. Or even, you know, taking a moment to sit down and say, what came up for me in this meditation? Mm. That sign or symbol that came up to me or that picture or that thought mean. That is still action. So, you know, you don't always have to just jump up and like, okay, I got to make these things happen. Sometimes it is just a processing that is action too. But a lot of times we kind of, like you said, we meditate, we get up and we're off. Like, boom, we don't, and trust me, I'm guilty of that. But there are moments where I'm like, no, I need to sit with this. This was heavy. Right. What, what, What really came up? That is still action. So it's even learning to take action and inaction too. Totally. You know, I have a, so I made a, a card game Oracle deck body of work. This is the, this is the bot, the book that goes along with it. Yeah. And, um, all the guided meditations in here, not all of them, but most of them include after you go through the guided meditation, it's like, okay, now there's 10 minutes to just be with that. So like come all the way back. You're like done with the meditation, but grab a journal do a thing. And I think that really is kind of the next phase. A lot of people are having the time, the space, the boredom to begin meditating. And so what is it to drop into the meditation to sit in stillness or movement to move in in deep stillness, however it is that you're communing, and then to take the time after, you know, um, a lot of people don't understand that actually yoga was designed as a preparatory practice to then meditate. Mm-hmm. that you like do all this care and all this preparation so that you can then sit with it. And then after sitting with it, you then, after you've communed and you have this deep experience, yoga meaning union, you have this deep experience of union, then you come back and then you have choice of how do you act? How do you enact that? How do you perpetuate? How do you cultivate? How do you expand that, uh, that union um, that you've, you've experienced? I'm going to go off screen real fast. I can hear you still. I'm just going right here. Got to let the dog out. He's, he's demanding to go out. It's time. <laughs> it's time for him to go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I feel like I had something else that I was going to do, actually. We're going to just take a little, I'm going to do a little, just a little, I'm going to take a little moment here. Everybody take a breath. I wanted to do something here. Um, puppies. Thank God for Normally he doesn't bother me. I guess he was like, no, I'm nine. When I got to go, I got to go. He's my old man. <laughs> I'm nine. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. I used to have a dog. I divorced. I used to have a dog. And what a, what a, oh, my gosh. Spirits are so amazing. So and amazing. In a time when we really needed him, we were really struggling just as a family. Yeah. Um. So we, uh. He came along, and like I told you, we got him for free, and he, wow, he really has impacted us. And we have another dog. I call her Shiva the Diva, mm-hmm. because Chewy will pit me out for some snacks. <laughs> that's, that's, rub his belly and give him snacks, he's happy. Yeah. He, he's real chill. Like I said, he's our old soul. My dad said he's an ancestor. We just haven't figured out which ancestor he is. Shiva, just, you, she needs her snuggles, her cuddles. And that's all, and rub her, and that, and she'll make her way down here soon enough, and get here, and just literally curl on my lap, and life is good for her. But I love there, and and when she, when we got Shiva, Shiva came around because she's so hyper, and she can play with herself. She you know enjoys her own world, but we need it because Chewy's so chill and so relaxed. We can just chill with him, and that's it. Where Shiva's like when she's ready to play and do her thing. Come on, get up. I need y'all family. Get get to going. <laughs> a summoning. Like, call you forth. Let's do the thing. So good. Look, I have a question. Sure. I'm wondering, like, what's really alive for you personally right now in, in, in this practice, in this practice of being human on a planet, being a living ancestor. Right. What's up for you? Peace. I, just peace. I... You know, I've I've had my life traumas. I've had my own internal battles with learning to love myself and um, being multicultural and trying to find my own identity. And even, you know, being Buddhist in a Christian world, supposedly, and and even trying to find a comfort there. Even when people were saying, oh, you you know, you shouldn't tell people you're Buddhist. It's like, why do you get to tell people you're Christian? I mean, I'm not... (sighs) 
And because for the longest time, like I remember when I first started doing Reiki, I didn't really advertise it. I didn't really put it out there unless, you know, someone asked and and get developing this comfortability with myself. And with that came peace. And because I've worked so hard for that peace, I won't dishonor it for anyone or disrupt it for anyone. So if anyone comes to me with any kind of chaos that isn't adding to me and I'm not adding peace to them, I can't, I'm okay with walking away. So for me right now, it's about peace. Even with all the chaos that's happening, I'm still finding humor and it's not not taking the situation seriously, but also understanding I can't do much about it. I can take the precautions, but that's all I can do at the end of the day. But I, that doesn't mean I have to shut down and stop living. So I guess peace and really being a well, you know, I've been alive. We've, we've you know, we can be alive and just functioning. But I've been living. Mm. We look at the mic now. Thank you. You want you have something you want to add to that? <laughs> but just being, just really living. I don't want to say for the first time, but being aware of that living. I, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Peace and and living. And in that, just attracting so many folks and encouraging folks that I hadn't had in my life before. I think that's a big thing too. So peace and living is where it just feels right. That's where I'm at now. Mm. The word that comes to mind for me when you share that is vitality. Mm, Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Just, I mean, I'm rearranging my schedule, trying to make sure my clients are taken care of because I don't want to abandon them during this time. There are some clients that want to still come in the office, need to come in the office, online housing doesn't work, but I'm still taking care of them in that space because I don't, I'm not going to abandon them. It, but also taking care of myself, setting my own limitations and um, taking time out for myself and doing all these things. But being being with the queen archetype, really giving of people, but making sure no longer giving to my own detriment. Mm. No longer giving to my own detriment. That to me is very much, like very, very, very much alive for me right now. That discernment between true generative service mm-hmm. and um, and uh, avoidance of self. Sometimes yeah, like as, like as, we're healers. So we want to always give and we always want to help. But sometimes I think as healers, we've used it to avoid ourselves. For sure. Oh, yeah. And, and so we would give to our detriment because if, well, if I'm wiped out, I don't have to deal with me because I'm, I'm putting everything into you. And now that I'm balancing out that I'm <sighs> dealing and even my BS, my dark and my light, my shadow and my authentic self, I, um, I feel even more present with people and that's that's i think as, as healers we come to that point where we realize we heal or heal thyself then we can heal others yeah i think you know i had one epiphany i don't know how much you resonate with this i think there's just a huge coming forth like you're talking about being confident with yourself the peace just just being like i talk to crystals like i literally have them on my head you know um and I'm, I'm a spider queen. And like, you know, it's like this, I'm a Reiki master. I am a Buddhist. I meditate. Like right now there's such an emergence of being people being like, I am going to talk about what is happening and like what's real and what's been nourishing and transformative for me. And not just the safe stuff that is like, has been pushed into it. I mean, there was a time when just having a therapist marked you as like, and for, and some people in some cultures, like I don't mean cultures like other world cultures. I just mean like pockets of culture. It's just like, I don't need a therapist. I'm not crazy. And it's like, first of all, everybody's crazy. I'll pray it away. And now like I, I love that you say, because I always say everybody's crazy. We just have different levels. We just have different <laughs> levels, different styles, you know. And yeah. then also we have to look at how much of it we've taken on this Eurocentric point of view. But I think as we're seeing more, all of our cultures get back to indigenous thinking and we realize that how much of it is mental health and how much of it is misunderstanding of the individual culture. And not just the culture, like you said, pockets of culture, because we ourselves are our own individual cultures. I mean, I'm a hodgepodge of, of different cultures 
just in my genetic makeup, but just in what I've exposed myself to. Yeah. And well, I mean, if you were asking me, do I talk to myself? I'm like, hell yeah, every day. And I answer. Right. Right. It's a <laughs> rich dialogue. Right. And, but I also know my ancestors talk to me. Does that suddenly mean that I'm hearing voices? Well, and that's why we have to tread very softly with that and check in with people like, are they hearing voices when they say, well, you know, I remember this woman telling me how she had gone to a counselor and she was, she had explained to him, she was, she talked to her grandmother and they, they diagnosed her schizophrenia. But oh. after knowing her, I realized, no, because of her, her religious view, which I can't think of what it is right now, that they commune with their ancestors. So she was not schizophrenic. In fact, I never, I think we ended, I ended up diagnosing her attention deficit disorder, which it was completely opposite of schizophrenia. Because I mean, because like I said, she was, she's over here. And I'm like, no, come back, come back. And then right. she's like, oh, no, come back, come back. And but they hadn't discussed her cultural cultural makeup and right. understanding that this was a generational thing too. That they commune with their family members and that she had an altar with her family member her ancestors one and if they had just taken that time how powerful that would be or i even had a cousin email me the other day and i hope he won't be upset that i um disclose this but he was saying when he received the diagnosis the doctor didn't even meet with him the doctor had just just read it on some papers from a nurse and came up with a diagnosis and I, even I was just like, I'm so sorry that was your experience. You definitely need to meet with someone because, I mean, honestly, if you put me on paper, on a good day, I could be a sociopath. I could be bipolar. I could be this, you know, depressed, anxious, whatever's going on in that moment. Right. So we, we have to tread softly with being quick. And, of course, we have to diagnose because of insurances. But even then, I try to tread very softly. Right something out there because yeah I think this is really important just like like just as like a PSA of just being like like saying to my listeners like if you have ever been diagnosed with someone who has not taken a full context or you know a full understanding like or talked to you have you been diagnosed you know it's like then the recommendation here is to go see someone else like that is not I don't think that's like proper protocol and uh and it's, and it's definitely not, especially for those of us who have rich contexts that we're talking about and a lot of consciousness around all of these things. You know, I have a, um, I've been diagnosed with a number of different, or like been told I would fit the criteria of a number of different uh, uh, kind of mental health, uh, ADD, ADHD, PM, uh, PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Um, and, and I have- I've been diagnosed with with ADD, which I completely agree with. I've had, received a diagnosis three times. I completely agree with it, but I also embrace it and love it. Right. So even I do groups for firefighters and substance abuse treatment and mental health treatment, and we one of the groups we rotate amongst the therapists is um, em, you know, embracing your learning about your diagnosis. Right. Well, I encourage them because for them I'm I'm the hippie therapist. I tell them why you should embrace it and enjoy it and find the beauty in it. So of course when they're in there and they're not feeling that way, by the time they're done, I'm like, enjoy it. I said, hell, they don't people don't even know why you're in treatment. Mess with them. When they come at you with BS, you could be like, you know, the voices because <laughs> they don't know. And they were like, Yeah, you're right. Or if or yeah, of course they're worried about being stigmatized. And when I said if they come to you, remember they don't know, you could say, Oh, they didn't tell you about the bodies in my backyard. And they're like I said, the person going to look at you like, oh, I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? And walk away. Because they don't know what you were in treatment for. <laughs> I was like, have fun. If people want to judge you, then give them something really to judge you about. Oh, my gosh. That's so, that's very funny. That's like right. a very, that's a very bold. I, right. But it's like, it's exactly, it's like there's like freedom. What I can say is that I lean into my diagnoses. I understand. It's like, like, for instance, I understand that the perspective that has created the diagnoses is fundamentally flawed, right? That attention deficit disorder is not a disorder, that I have a way in which my I'm designed to optimally function that is different than the culture that I was put inside of and then trained to function in, 
Like that's, those are different things. That doesn't mean that what they're talking about or various things to keep in mind around when they're talking about ADD isn't helpful for me because it is, because that's the name that they put on people that are made like me. <laughs> so it's use, it can be useful. Yeah, you've got to research, you've got to, and then see how it appears in your life. I, I look at mental health a couple of ways. First of all, I look at it as energy. It's energy that maybe isn't, hasn't found its rhythm. Because I always believe everything has a rhythm. Like, That's how I do it in my group too. So I said, think of your life as a rhythm and things knock it off rhythm. And so the mental health shows up to let us know it's off rhythm. So it's now kind of all, our job is let's get it back on rhythm. Right. And also see, so for me, my I think my ADD makes me a nice hyper therapist. My clients know they're getting energy. The firefighters love my energy. I cuss up a storm in those groups. They love because I never sit down. I sit down for like five minutes and then I'm up and I'm like, oh, and they just love it. And I'm like, I, I tell I'm not the best therapist. If you give me a psychology test right now, I'd flunk that bitch. But boots to the ground as a therapist, I know I'm a hell of a therapist. Yeah. And that's where it counts in my office. And but once we get that back on rhythm, our and also it our mental health is our reaction to the world or something the world has done to us. Mm. That's how I see it. But the most part is getting that energy back on and getting it focused again. I love my ADD. I love because I can think outside the box where people limit things to hear. I can see beyond that. And I definitely have been able to see it with my firefighters. For instance, I had a, a guy come to me and he was, um, you know, bothered that he, he had seen a child die, which of course EMTs and firefighters would want to see. And I remember telling him, I was like, damn, have you ever thought about the peace you may have given that little boy in his last moments that maybe he had never had? And by the time we were done, he was like, I had never thought about that. And it, he was like, where do you come up with this? I was like, shit, I don't know. I'd be making up, honestly. <laughs> right. Right. Was, you know, I tell I'm quick to tell him, like, the ancestors. I, I tell my clients in my office, your ancestors snitch on you. <laughs> there, You got an ancestor behind you going, she lying. She lying. And, and, my, and I, you know, I have a good poker face when I need to, but my clients, when I give them the face, they end up snitching on themselves anyway. They're like, you know what? I wasn't even, I even had a client text me once after she left therapy. and was like, I don't know why I just lied. And she said, why aren't you saying anything? I said, because I knew you were going to confess. And I said, because in the grand scheme of things, your lying impacted you, not me. Right. Because you're texting me with the truth. So, I mean, but yeah, I'll tell my clients in Harvard, you know, your ancestors snitching on you. That's so good. It's so good. I, uh, I I refer to ADHD, whatever the age. <laughs> um, I I refer to it as a, a kinesthetic, nonlinear, creative, problem-solving thinker. It's like my cousin Crystal says it's neurodiversity. I said I've got to look more into that. I like that name yeah. though, neurodiversity. But I mean, it's just how we see the world. What everyone may, to me, the day I have one thought, I told my family, take me to the hospital because I've never just had one thought. I'm I'm probably having a stroke if I have one thought. But we're taking in so much energy. And even in chaos, I think we we find our calm. Everyone else is losing their mind in chaos. We're sitting there like, and welcome to my world. Like, (laughs) I have so much practice. (laughs) Please come join me. Like right. we, we, this is so why everyone else, right? Even right now, I see them all over the place, and I'm just like, oh, everybody's like, how are you handling? I'm fine. I mean, I'm taking, right. but I've always washed my hands. I've always because I deal with so many people. I'm, right. and I've always washed my hands because I, I don't want to take their energy with me. Right. All right. So even when I come in a house, the first thing I've always done was wash my hands because if I've seen five people in a day, I know their energy is with me. It's powerful. You know, I've been I've been thinking about it's interesting this intersection between ADD and in crisis and focus and practice and space and clearing other people's energy. One of the yeah. things that I realized about um, my ADD was that how much energy my ADD was linked to dissociative people pleasing. My like hyperactive tracking that I used this like creative fast tracked self um and it was being used to orient to things outside of me so it made it virtually impossible for me to 
focus on something that I wanted to focus on and complete it because anytime I'd start to move forward, I could track psychically, energetically, people's faces, people's words, right? All the feedback, all that thing I could track of how much approval I was getting, how how safe I was, how liked I was, yep. you know? And I was using all of that hyperactivity. So I've been, the I, in some ways, I'm not even sure right now I would, I probably would, but I'm not convinced I would. Some people wouldn't actually diagnose me as having ADD. Like I wouldn't quite fit the criteria because of the way that I can function and do things now because the way that I use that system well, is different. I think that's why ADD is underdiagnosed because people are always looking for their hyper piece and I would tell them the hyperness is in the brain. So where you may just think, man, she's so focused on it. Well, it's because it's interesting. Or what you think I'm focusing on in my head, I'm actually thinking about the squirrel I saw earlier with glitter on it and it, it was sparkling and why was it sparkling? How did it get in the glitter and why was it doing that? But I, yes, I'm looking right at you and but thinking about the squirrel. Um, so you, well, and they actually say women are most underdiagnosed. But I think even creative spirits almost have to be ADD. So as soon as someone tells me creative, I, I have to admit I have a bias. Immediately in my head, I'm like, I bet you they're ADD. I don't tell them that, but in my head, because I mean, as healers and creatives, we have to be like, right, we, right. And the reverse, when I hear someone's ADD, what I, it's like, I'm like, oh, you're ADD, which means you're like a creative nonlinear, like you're yeah. here to save the planet and through yeah. creative yeah. endeavors. Like that's what ADD means to me. It's not a fucking disorder. Right. It's a superpower about like the words you put on it and what you make of it and your ability, like any superpower, it will fucking destroy you unless yeah. you learn how to hone it and like optimize like your system. Yes. No, so true. And that's with all the diagnosis. Right. Once you understand all it of them. and you talk to it and you learn to understand, to work with it, the part, like even anxiety, I tell people to me, that's your intuition. Yeah. And of course, when they hear that, they're looking at me and I'm like, how many times have you met someone and you couldn't tell why, but you just didn't like them on a spot. And they hadn't done anything. They, they they probably realized, but you knew internally, you just didn't like them. But you still try. And then they did something. You're like, see, that's why I didn't even like them. I told y'all. I said, that's your, I said, or have you been with someone or somewhere and you felt really angry? I said, learn to toss your anxiety. Like, why are you here? And what are you trying to tell me? Because yes, some things may be a little irrational. You can say, all right, let me calm down. But other things you may go, no, I'm not feeling comfortable. Let me right. walk away from it. And that's okay. Well, I think the other thing that I've seen with people with chronic anxiety is that denial of intuition creates this deeper unsettled so that like, it's like the, the self doesn't trust the self to listen and get the information. So then it's like, it's like panicked on panic because you're ignoring the signals. And so learning how to listen to the signals allows the general panic to come down because you can trust yourself to respond to the information that you're getting. And, and and if you notice, that goes back to energy, right? So, well, my approach to mental health. So that's that's I love that but, with them. yeah. But and that's and it's funny because I'm doing it. I use both hands, but Chewy has occupied the other hand. Um, it, look, I don't know if you can see him, but he has taken residence on my lap, and and of course I have my little heater on, and because of him, I'm like, and I'm hot, right. but I can't move to turn it off. So we just right. <laughs> I love that your lap dogs get the cat rule. We had a cat rule in the house, which is like if the cat was sitting on you, like you couldn't, like I can't, we'd be like, I can't, I can't. they'd be like, it's, I'm like, you I can't, can't. I just got, I have to wait. I just have to wait now. You can't even feel your toes anymore, but you know what? I got to stay here. Yes, I know, I know what my job is. Oh, hi, Wake. Hi, Chewie. Morning. Oh, no, he's moving positions. You oh, good, Chewie? Yeah. What are we doing? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're good, Chewie. I'm not moving. You're good. Oh okay. my goodness. Oh, what a friend. <laughs> well, do you? I'm gonna. I have like two closing questions, and before we go into those closing questions, I'm curious to see if there's anything else that's like percolated or moving through, or that you like really wanna kind of. I let me throw this. stuff around. Let me no, what, I love what this. What you gotta say? This was nice, and and it's nice when you can talk to a kindred spirit about mental health, but energy, but, you know, enjoying your diagnosis, but also no matter what, just embracing and loving yourself. And we, mm -hmm. we have to remember that, but no matter what in our healing, 
I want to go back to that we have to remind ourselves, we've got to give ourselves gentleness because it took us a long time to get over other people's BS and even our own. And we have to give ourselves gentleness to heal because remember, healing's ugly. And once we give ourselves that gentleness, we really can let the healing take place and get a chewy in your life. So good. Thank you. Well, my second to last question is, it's like, and gentleness all day. I've like my listeners, if you're, if you're just joining me with the show, then welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. And for those of you that have been with me for a long time, like, can we get a holler for the like gentle, like, yeah, like what else is there to be kind, but to be kind for, to ourselves, it's the only way through really. Um, I don't want to say that all oh, there's a million ways. I don't want to say the only way through, but it's really helpful for a lot of them. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you. Yes. And um, if people want to be in touch with you, if they want to like connect with you online, if you like, is, this is the, I just want to give you a moment to say like, do you have anything that you want people where, how, what? Um, I, I have a podcast. Um, it's on Apple Google and Spotify and it's called Counseling Conversations and Motivation. And then you can catch me on Instagram. I have two pages. Um, one is called I am Mercia Cummings and it's I-A-M, my name, M-E-R-C-I-A Cummings, C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S, one word. And that's, I always say that's my business page. And then I have another one called Making of Mercia. So making underscore of underscore Marcia. And that one, I just kind of throw any and everything on because I figured as I'm trying to figure out my own path, even though in my therapy practice, I, and we just, we're moving to a new office. I also want to add, like I said, the meditation. I want to build a, I want to start building a community because I think that's a piece that we're missing in mental health because we're required to have such a disconnect. Um, you know, you can't be friends with your, ther- your therapist and, you know, I get all that. But I also want to build a community so it doesn't have to always be a disconnect because sometimes connecting with others in our struggles can be a part of that healing process. So building a community is really big for me. And I do have a website, conversationswithmercia.com. But I'm mostly on my, uh, if you want to catch me, my social media is the best place. I'm more responsive there. And that's that's where you'll find me. And, you know, yeah, that's it. That's me in a nutshell. So you want to family, my dog, all my crazy life. That's where if you need positive words, I post them daily because I I need them, so I am just assuming everyone else needs them too. <laughs> totally. Patience so, down. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, my final question is I believe it it's based off of a, a premise. I believe that we are actively in this present moment birthing and creating a new reality that we are summoning and pulling forth that's what we're doing here collectively and you know sometimes they say if you don't know where you're going you might end up end up where you're headed (laughs) and so my question is where are we going like what's What's like inviting you to like imagine that and share with that, like in that vision space, in that knowing space, like that world that we can feel like, I feel like I can feel it on underneath my rib cage. Like, tell us about it. What do you see? What do you know? One of the things I've been, especially in the last four years, and and even beyond that, is that, you know, we're seeing a whole lot of ugliness in our society. Um, the homophobia, xenophobia, it's all ugly. And, but unfortunately we need it because by making us, it's so easy for us to highlight when when we look at racism or homophobia, it's like, oh, that doesn't exist. And you're like, when's the last time you woke up gay or really? I remember asking a teacher, tell me the last time you woke up black. Mm. And she just looked at me, well, we have to get over. And And that's when I said, we have to get over race being a factor. I'm like, well, yeah, you can talk to me when, next time you wake up black. But, and it wasn't to be me. No. Got our experience to want to blind ourselves from that truth. And so we are now being bombarded with this ugliness, seeing people fight over toilet paper even. 
And I'm starting, I had my new office. I actually put a post on my Facebook and I was like, hey, can everyone donate a roll of toilet paper? Because we move into the office next week and I realized there's no toilet paper to put in the bathroom. <laughs> and people actually offered. But in that ugliness, there's so much beauty that exists. And it's really taking time to connect to that beauty. So me even putting a request on my Facebook page about, hey, can everyone send me a roll of toilet paper? I figure I have five, I don't know how many friends, 500 friends maybe. If I can get a roll at least from 20 of them, at least I'll be good for the rest of the month. <laughs> um, and, and that's for my office. I'm good at home with toilet paper. But um, we are going through a transition that people are exposing their ugly. Some people will heal from it. Some people will not. But by allowing people to heal from it, we can truly grow a stronger society. But the first step in that is we have to connect to ourselves and once we do that, we can help others. So I think that we're going to see a, a, a trend for really embracing their healing and really owning their healing and helping our society heal. But we got to, unfortunately, sit through this ugly for a minute. So beautiful. So beautiful. I have to say that the more time with anything, I think there's something about the heart. I like to say the heart does one thing and it loves, can't mm -hmm. help it. And so no matter where we are, we'll given the opportunity, you know, that we'll, we'll love it. That's what we'll do. That's why we need to be careful about where we put ourselves because we'll, we'll love where we are. Um, Shiva would show up. Oh, oh here she is. Well, here is Shiva the diva. <laughs> Hi, babe. Welcome. Be a whole lot smaller. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cutie. Hi, so Shiva. sweet. I've just totally. Hi, Shiva. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know what I was saying. I'm not sure it matters. Yeah. Uh, say hi to everyone, Shiva. Oh my goodness. What do you have to say to us, Shiva? That's it? Shiva, you have to say? Just love. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just love. Okay, good. That's good. Good. We'll take that. All right. Great. Well, Marcia, thank you so much for being with us, joining us and sharing your, your, your presence and your insight and, and kind of everything that you've, you've got here with us. And, um, yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say one, I'm going to say a couple things to my listeners. Um, uh, yeah, so the deck and book currently, as of March uh, 2020, printers are closed and my stock is sold out. So I have put the online version of the game on sale so that it is accessible. You can have access to 195 practices, 72 teachings, and more and more and more on the Academy so that you can, through your own intuition, get access to insights and practices that can help you love your life, tend your soul, hear yourself, center, come home to yourself, be happy to have you in that space and uh, support it in that way. I want to thank you. I want to love you. I want to remind you yet again that tomorrow is yet unknown, that we have the power and potential and that we in truth do create our reality constantly. So I invite you to let go of another layer, whatever it might be, what's between you and your power, that you may come into your heart, come into your rhythm, as Marcia says, come into your full power. And from that place, I invite you, I summon you to awaken that visionary magician, that empress, that birther of realities, that spider weaving power that you have to weave the world that you want now, 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 now is the time to uh, surrender the ego to your soul's deepest knowing and resonate your truest and most whole self. So thank you so much for joining. Love to all, light to all, and peace to all. Be well, and I love you.
Thank you, gorgeous one. Thank you. I want to take a moment in closing. I have a few things. First, take a breath. <sighs> Second, I want to remind you that this in itself can be transmission and medicine. So take care of yourself right now. If this is medicine for you, I have a few invitations. One is hit that subscribe button. Leave me a rate and review. It's very, very helpful. In addition, I would love to stay connected with you. Come over to my website, sophiawiseone.com, or find me on Instagram, at sophiawiseone, and get connected. And if this is feeding you, I encourage you to join the virtual temple that is up and gorgeous and happening. And that is my Patreon. And I'm inviting you to join us there. If this episode or another episode fed you and was just what you need, consider sending it and sharing it with a friend. Thank you. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for all your work, all your medicine. I know deep in my being, you are weaving with me. Thank you. Thank you. We are in this together. <laughs>